Hello and welcome. My name is Alice and this is the Backtracker History Show podcast, where I ask you to join me on a meander down through the archives to find out more about the people, places and events from the past. Most of these podcasts have been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. And one of the great things about this podcast is that I can go into more detail about each story because there are no time constraints. And it's really easy to show your support just by spreading the word, leaving reviews and sharing with all your family and friends. It really does help. If you want to get in touch with me with show ideas, comments or information, you can via Twitter or Facebook by using at UK the capital B, capital T and a capital UK or emailing me at info at backtracker.co.uk Now, on with the show. Recently it was International Talk Like a Pirate Day and in celebration I decided to do a pirate special. But you don't just get one pirate with this story, you get three. In this show we're going back to 1720. And in that year, the English monarch was George I. And on May 25th, the ship Le Grand Saint-Antoine reached Marseille, bringing with it a deadly pandemic, a bubonic plague. It was later called the Great Plague of Marseille. Researchers estimated the number of deaths at 100,000. And on August the 1st of that year, the South Sea bubble reaches a frenzy in London as stock price of the South Sea Company peaks at £1,000 and then collapses soon after and falls to just £124 by December. But today, we're going to talk about John Rackham also known as Calico Jack. He was not one of the more successful pirates, and most of his victims were fishermen and lightly armed traders. He was an English pirate, though, famous for two reasons. His design of the famous Jolly Roger flag, which is the skull and two cross swords, and for having two female pirates, Mary Reed and Anne Bonny, in his crew. Calico Jack was a notorious pirate, around Bahamas and Cuba during the early 18th century. His nickname was derived from the brightly coloured Indian calico clothing that he wore, while Jack is a nickname for John. Jack Rackham was born in Bristol on December 26th, 1682. He started his piratical career serving under renowned pirate Charles Vane in the early part of 1718, and eventually rose to the rank of quartermaster When Governor Woods Rogers arrived in July 1718 and offered royal pardons to pirates, Rackham refused and joined the die-hard pirates, led by Vane. He shipped out with Vane and led a life of piracy, in spite of the increasing pressure put on them by the new governor. In November 1718, Rackham and about 90 other pirates were sailing with Vane when they engaged a French warship. 
the warship was heavily armed, and Vane decided to run for it in spite of the fact that most of the pirates, led by Rackham, were in favour of fighting. Vane as captain had the final say in battle, but the men removed him from command shortly thereafter. A vote was taken, and Rackham was made the new captain. Vane was marooned with some 15 other pirates who had supported his decision to run. Unlike some other notable pirate captains of the age, like Benjamin Hornigold and Samuel Bellamy, Vane was known for his cruelty, often beating, torturing and killing sailors from ships he captured. Vane ended up being arrested and brought to Port Royal, where he was eventually tried and hanged in March 1721, after he was discovered marooned in the Bay Islands after a storm by a passing British ship. This week you get Yellow Jack. Now, apparently, when a ship flies a yellow flag, it indicates the presence of an ill crew member, such as yellow fever. But this was also a trick that smart pirates used to avoid becoming the target of another ship. Now let's get back to our story of John Rackham, otherwise known as Calico Jack, who... In December 1718, captured the merchant ship Kingston. Now, the Kingston was carrying valuable cargo, and Calico Jack and his men would have had a big payday. However, they seized the ship just off Port Royal, and the merchants, impacted by the theft, hired bounty hunters to pursue Rackham and his crew. The bounty hunters found the pirates in February 1719 at Isla de los Pinos, now called Isla de Juventud, situated just south of Cuba's western end. Most of the pirates, including Rackham himself, were ashore when the bounty hunters discovered their ship. They took refuge in the woods as the bounty hunters left with their ship and its treasure. Calico Jack actually spent a lot of time in the Caribbean, sailing between Jamaica and Bermuda, attacking tiny fishing vessels because his crew was starved and not powerful enough to attack bigger ships. In his 1722 classic, A General History of Pirates, Captain Charles Johnson tells the exciting story of how Rackham stole a sloop. Rackham and his men were to a town in Cuba, refitting their small sloop, when a Spanish warship charged with patrolling the Cuban coast entered the harbour, along with a small English sloop that they had captured. The Spanish warship saw the pirates but could not get at them at low tide, so they parked in the harbour entrance to wait for morning. That night, Rackham and his men rowed over to the captured English sloop and overpowered the Spanish guards there. As dawn broke, the warship began blasting Rackham's old ship, now empty, as Rackham and his men silently sailed past in their new prize. Rackham and his men made their way back to Nassau, where they asked Governor Rogers if they could accept the royal pardon. They claimed that Vane had forced them to become pirates. Rogers, who hated Vane, believed them and allowed them to accept the pardon and stay. Their time as honest men would not last very long. Now, if you recall, Calico Jack, alias John Rackham, and his crew are trying to go straight. And it was about this time 
that he met Anne Bonny in a pirate tavern. Now, Anne was the wife of John Bonny, a petty pirate who had switched sides and now made a meagre living informing the governor on his former mates. John bestowed the plunder he gained from his previous pirate cruises on Anne, and when he'd used up all his money, he was forced into joining a privateering expedition against the Spanish, Britain having joined the War of the Quadruple Alliance officially in December of 1718. Just to clarify, a privateer was a private person or private warship authorised by a country's government by letters of mark to attack foreign shipping. Privateers were an accepted part of a naval warfare from the 16th to the 19th centuries, authorised by all significant naval powers. So basically, our Calico Jack, having reformed himself and been given a pardon by the government, was now given a letter by the government to go back to what he was doing before. Anyway, John's profits from this adventure renewed his funds and allowed him to resume his visits with Anne. Anne and John wanted to pay James to divorce Anne so she could live with John. The couple tried to arrange a witness, Richard Tunley, a local pilot and tutler, for the signing of legal papers for this divorce. Tunley refused and went and told Governor Rogers of this affair. Now, the governor could not allow Anne Bonny's infidelity to continue in his colony. At that time, British subjects in the Caribbean colonies held reputations for regularly having children outside of sanctioned marriages, for engaging in polygamy, and for women becoming more promiscuous after extended exposure to the Caribbean's tropical climate. Now, after hearing these confessions, Woods Rogers demanded she stop engaging in her depravities, or he would throw her in jail and force John Rackham to whip her in a public punishment. Sometime in August, Anne Bonny and John Rackham conceived a child. Considering the potential consequences both of them faced if they stayed in Nassau, the couple decided to leave the Bahamas and to become pirates. They went to Cuba to have their child and returned afterwards. Meanwhile, Anne met Mary Reed, a cross-dressing Englishwoman, who had also spent time as a pirate. But when they first met, she didn't know Mary was a woman. According to Captain Charles Johnson's A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates, Mary's mother was married to a sailor, who she had a son with, but after the man deserted the family, she had an affair that resulted in the birth of Mary. Following the death of her half-brother, Mary was passed off as the deceased's boy in order to receive money from his paternal grandmother. Mary was 13 when the elder woman died, but the young girl continued to dress as a boy. She later worked as a servant before journeying to Flanders to serve in the military, where she would go by the name of Mark Reed. During this time, she met another soldier, and after revealing her true sex, they later married. The couple opened an inn in Breda, Netherlands, but Reed's husband died. Reed went back to living as a man and eventually found work as a sailor. She took the sea during an era that was considered the golden age of piracy. During a trip to the West Indies, the ship was captured by English pirates and being the only English person on board, Mary was detained. 
and that became the start of Mary's pirate career, as she could handle herself in any skirmish as well as any other crew member. During her time with Calico Jack and Anne, Mary fell in love with a pressed member of the crew called Will Summers. Whilst one of their ships, called the Black Death, had stopped in a bay of a small inlet for a refit, the crew went ashore, built huts, and had one of their usual drunken gatherings. Mary was sitting with Will, drinking and matching him glass for glass, when an argument started between him and another pirate. Mary told Will that he mustn't fight him, but she would try to start a quarrel with him herself and challenge him to a duel so that he would never threaten Will again, and before he could reply, she was off. She told the drunken pirate that he was a cowardly bully who'd be afraid to meet his equal in a duel. Well, that was it. The pirate, now angry, proclaimed to all that he would slay this one before moving on to that skunk Summers. The distances were marked out, and they faced each other, pistols in hand. Captain Rackham, like a true pirate chief, gave the signal to fire by dropping a handkerchief. The shots rang out simultaneously. Mary remained standing. Her antagonist spun round and fell heavily onto his face. When he was turned over, they found that he had been shot straight through the heart and was very, very dead. Summers was shocked and ran up to Mary, saying how thankful he was that she'd saved his life. Mary led Will into the nearby woods and told him who she really was. She opened her heart to him, stating that she would die for him and she loved him better than life. Once Will had recovered, he said that she had his love in return, and they agreed to secretly be man and wife. the book of the week this week i offer you pirates and privateers out of bristol and it's by ken griffith and mark steeds this book ticks all the boxes for me because i love the excitement of the golden era of pirates and also bristol uh, it goes into detail about the coming of the spanish and the rise and fall of buccaneers as well as the privateers and the letter of mark ships out of bristol a good thing is, it also has The Ballad of Angel Gabriel, which is a partisan account of the famous 17th century fight between Bristol Sea Dogs in the privateer Angel Gabriel and three enemy ships during the Spanish War in the reign of Charles I. This is a bit early. OK. All right, then. Um, news just in from our news desk. Boffins have just discovered that nine out of ten pirates prefer to communicate eye to eye. Seriously, who writes this stuff? I think we'll continue our story of Calico Jack, alias John Rackham. A search amongst the documents at the Public Records Office in Chantry Lane reveals the fact that his capture is recorded in the evidence given before Sir Nicholas Laws at the trial of John Rackham and his pirate associates. On this particular evening in 1720, when Rackham and Mary Reed fought their last fight, Captain Jonathan Barnett, a well-known pirate hunter in command of the naval vessel patrolling Jamaican waters, 
was sailing in company with Captain Bonavie's sloop. This vessel got ahead of the naval craft, but she evidently saw something which aroused her suspicions, and she lay still until Captain Barnett's sloop came up. Bonavie then informed Captain Barnett that he had seen a sloop which lay in near the shore and which had fired a gun. So Captain Barnett at once gave chase to the sloop, and about ten o'clock at night came up beside her and hailed her to stop. The sloop's company told Captain Barnett that John Rackham from Cuba was in charge of the ship, so Barnett bid him strike immediately to the King of England's colours, upon which someone answered with a very definitive and probably rude no. They would strike no strikes. Now, whether this was the voice of Mary Reed, one can't say, but it seems very likely by the defiant tone of hers. And then a swivel gun was immediately fired at Barnet's loop. Rackham was heard yelling, Fire both stern chasers! Let them have it! Try and knock away some of their spars, gunner! The guns went off, but they were wide of their mark, and the pirates were left howling with rage and turning the air blue with their language. The naval captain then ordered his men to fire a broadside and a volley of small shot at the pirate vessel. Captain Barnett's ship of war blazed away as fast as she could bring her guns to bear upon the fugitive, spreading death and destruction in every direction. The deck of the pirate ship was littered with the dead, but the remaining crew knew that capture meant hanging and carried on fighting in desperation. The killer blow to John Rackham's ship was when a shot was fired out that cut the foremast in two and sent it tumbling into the water. Deprived of their headsail, the pirate craft were vulnerable and the ship of war came in for the kill. We're lost! We're lost! yelled the panic-stricken pirates as they deserted their posts and fled below deck. Only three remained fighting. Anne Bonny, Mary Reed and Mary's new husband, Will Summers. When Mary realised that the crew had fled below deck, she was absolutely livid and shouted into the hold, You fools! Come back and fight like men! You'll be hanged for certainty if you do not! Come up, Rackham, Benson, Grainer. If you have the spirits of cats, you will fight to the last. But the fearful pirates didn't answer, so she fired her pistols into the hold, killing one of the pirates and badly wounding another. She then went back to the deck and continued firing at the man of war. After Captain Barnett's volley of shots took away the boom of Rackham's ship, the pirates called for quarter across the dark waters which Captain Barnett gave them and took command of the vessel, which was then navigated in company with another pirate sloop which had already been taken and all the rest of men were put ashore at Davis Cove on the island of Jamaica and delivered to Major Richard James, a militia officer, who procured a guard who was to take them to Spanish Town Jail. 
It's interesting to note that on the ship, the only people who were fighting against capture were the two women, Anne and Mary. The others kind of hid below deck. The entire crew of John Rackham's ship, the Revenge, were sentenced to death. However, both Anne and Mary were pregnant at the time and pleaded with their bellies, as it was called. This granted them a stay of execution until after the babies were born. Anne saw Calico Jack one last time before his execution and said, I'm sorry to see you here, but if you had fought like a man, you needn't be hanged like a dog. On November the 18th, 1720, Calico Jack, alias John Rackham, was hung at Port Royal in Jamaica. His body was then gibbeted on display on a small islet now known as Rackham's Cay. A victim of the pirates, Dorothy Thomas, left a description of Reed and Bonnie. They wore men's jackets and long trousers and handkerchiefs tied about their heads, and each of them had a machete and pistol in their hands, and they cursed and swore at the men to murder me. I knew that they were women from the largeness of their breasts. Mary Reed died of a violent fever whilst in prison. Her burial was on the 28th of April, 1721, and the records of St Catherine's Church in Jamaica say there's no record of the burial of her baby, which may suggest that she died whilst pregnant. Anne, though, stayed in prison until she gave birth, and then she simply disappeared. Some say her family back home, who were quite rich, paid for her safe return back to England under an assumed name, where she simply disappeared. Let's start off with the 19th of September, when in 1893, New Zealand became the first country in the world to give women the vote in parliamentary elections. On the 20th of September in 1973, in Houston, Texas, US tennis player Billie Jean King defeated a male player, Bobby Riggs, in a $100,000 Battle of the Sexes tennis match. On the 21st of September, 1967, an Aer Lingus aircraft overran the runway at Bristol Airport on arrival from Dublin. No one was injured, but the plane was written off. On the 22nd of September, in 1955, Independent Television, or ITV, programmes began in the London area. To meet the new competition, BBC Radio killed off Grace Archer a character in its popular radio serial, The Archers, on the same night. And on the 23rd of September in 1930, US singer and pianist Ray Charles was born. Also, but in 1949, US rock singer and guitarist Bruce Springsteen was born. Before we end this show, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about International Talk Like a Pirate Day. 
This is a parodic holiday created in 1995 by John Barr and Mark Summers of Albany, Oregon in the US, who proclaimed September the 19th each year as the day when everyone in the world should talk like a pirate. An observer of this holiday would greet friends not with hello everyone, but with ahoy mateys, or ahoy me hurries. The holiday and its observance springs from a romanticised view of the golden age of piracy. Once upon a time, on June the 6th, 1995 to be precise, they were playing squash, not well, but with enthusiasm. It wasn't their intention to become pirate guys, they just wanted to get a tad thinner and healthier. And as the shots rebounded off the walls, they called out friendly encouragement to each other. Damn you! And oh geez, my hamstring, for instance. But on this day, for no apparent reason, it went from an R on a particularly hard shot to a Now watch as I fire a broadside straight into your yard arm and other encouraging phrases. And so International Talk Like a Pirate Day was created. And as for the date, Mark came up with September the 19th. That was his ex-wife's birthday and the only day he could really recall that wasn't taken up with something like Christmas or the Super Bowl. A huge thank you to Andrea Reid, Molly Jeffries and Samantha Vernon for bringing today's story to life. You have been listening to me, Alice, on the Backtracker History Show. Now, this podcast has been specially edited from a Bradley Stoke radio show in Bristol, England. If you liked it, please leave a rating and maybe a comment. If you didn't, well, let's just leave it at that, shall we? I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at Backtracker UK with a capital B, a capital T and a capital UK. Or, alternatively, you can email me at info at backtracker.co.uk. By the way, the tune in the background, that's by The Model Folk. You can find out more about them at themodelfolk.com. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, guys, take care and look after each other. <laughs>